This is the Gallinach Masters Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host for the show. Gallinach Masters Cycling is a global community of 50 years and older cyclists who support each other to love life through riding our bikes. Each week we share inspiring stories from our riders around the world, showcase great places to ride our bikes and give tips to help you get fitter, healthier and more confident on the bike. Welcome everyone to this first Gallinac Master Cycling Podcast of 2021. I'm Norman Blissett, delighted to be with you here. And I've got Chris Foggy and Coach Foggy here as always. How are you doing, Foggy? Yeah, Kiora from New Zealand. Very good, thank you. Fantastic. Well, we've got a bit of a different approach to our podcast for this first one in 2021. We are going to have an interview with Simon Jones, who's the Chief Executive of Cyclopark. And I'll tell you a bit about Cyclopark before we hear the interview with Simon in a few moments. And I, and I should um, make a, a declaration of interest here as I'm also chairman of the board of trustees at Cycle Park. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, on the ins- I'm on the inside there um, and know Simon very well. Uh, so yeah, just a bit of a, just a bit of a, if I, I sound over enthusiastic and over excited at any point, it's because I'm part of it all and, and it's such a fantastic place and fantastic stuff that we do we, that we do there but we'll hear that interview with Simon in a in a few moments but before then Foggy it's the first time we've done a podcast for a few weeks first one of 2021 so yep. what was seems like ages ago now but what was what was it like over Christmas and New Year what have you been up to oh yeah we, we've um, we've been outdoors quite a lot um we, the, the weather's been actually quite mixed um we, we've ranged from you know sort of 10 or 12 degrees right away up to 30, 31 degrees. So we've, we've had a fairly mixed um, weather pattern, but I think that's worldwide at the moment. Um, well, we've been out on the bikes quite a lot. We've been out uh, gravel riding. We've been out on the kayaks. We've been out um, boating. So uh, plenty of outdoor stuff. We've been quite lucky. Excellent. Yeah, very envious outdoor stuff. It's just, well, mm. yeah, as I said, I'm getting really boring now in every podcast episode, you know, I always complain about the weather, don't I? But it hasn't got any, it hasn't got any better. Um, and not you'd expect it to get any better in January. But yeah, it's just been, it, it's just been, yeah, mixture of cold, icy, wet, windy. And the roads are, roads around here and just in an atrocious condition. I mean, it's not, not, not so much potholes, although there are a lot of potholes. Yeah. It's more that uh, the you know, the main roads are quite busy with cars. So, but there's loads of lanes and 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 quieter roads. But of course, these quieter roads are all just covered in muck and you know farm muck. And you know, if you go out on a, after a, a windy day and a wet day, it's just you know the, the roads are. You need a cyclocross bike basically to ride yep. some of the ride some of the areas. And the last few rides that I've been out on. I've got. I've had so many punctures, even on my tubeless setup. I had. Um, thankfully, it was. Um, it was only a short walk from home, but I. I. I had one on my road bike. Just this great, huge, great thorn. <laughs> I didn't think they were so so strong, but right in, ripped a great big hole in the tubeless. So the sealant didn't work on the, um, on the tubeless, and I. I did. I did have a, a spare, 
um, inner tube. So I could have put it in there, but I was, you know, it's like a 15 minute walk from home. So I did that instead rather than all this ceiling yeah. mess trying to change all that and all that. But yeah, so I, so actually going out on the bike, once you get out and as long as you don't get punctures, it's, it's great as always. But yeah, the barrier to getting out on the bike just now is quite, is quite high. So I, so I do most of mine indoors and I, because I don't mind it and some, you know, often quite enjoy it. I, I, you know, that's that's fine fine but yeah i think if you were an outdoor only cyclist in the uk just now wanting to get out most days you're going to have to have a lot of really good kit it's um yeah it's definitely the way forward is to have a gravel bike or a cyclocross yeah. bike these days isn't it yeah and i must admit i don't miss i don't miss hawthorn hedges mm. that's for sure <laughs> yeah well that's i mean i didn't say it there but they, yeah this the there was a spate of hedge cutting around here so i don't know the farmers must that's just must be the time of the year for yeah maybe doing that yeah. um and you know the birds don't like it and neither do us cyclists no. um <laughs> yeah because it's just puncture puncture fest after that after that yeah um Fantastic. So, yeah, we're going to hear from Simon Jones, who, as I say, is the Chief Executive of Cycle Park. Um, I interviewed, um, actually, I'm going to go into the interview with him in a, in a few moments. And um, But let me tell you a little bit about Cycle Park. First of all, it's, it's, it opened in 2012. It's uh, an Olympic, um, it's a legacy of the 2012 Olympics. Um, the, 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 when they built the, the big um, Olympic site in the east of London, Stratford and east of London. Um, they they invested in various other sports facilities around and we, we were lucky to get some, some of that money. We've created this amazing uh, cycling venue and we're going to hear about it from um, Simon now. Well, I am delighted to welcome Simon Jones, who is the Chief Executive of Cyclopark. Thank you for coming in and joining us on this uh, on this podcast and and coming on to this interview, Simon. It's great to have you here. Yeah, good, good to be here. First of all, Simon, I, I mentioned um, at the beginning of the podcast about uh, about Cycle Park and be, being an Olympic legacy, um, uh, you know, kind of legacy of the two thousand and twelve London Olympics. But wh- wh- where about is it? I don't uh, you know, t- tell tell listeners where where you are. Yeah, sure. So South Park, it's a fantastic location, really, because it's um, in terms of the 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 infrastructure, rail and and road. So it's it's on the A2, which is the road out of London East. So it's not too far from the Dartford, Dartford Bridge, which a lot of people know, and it's also very close to Ebbsfleet International Station, Ashford Station. So it's so it's on, it's out in Kent there. So it's so it's um, very accessible for lots of lots of people. Fantastic, fantastic. So what 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 are the facilities like there? What are all the things that people can do when they when they turn up to Cycle Park? Okay, so it's a 20, 28 hectare site, which includes a two and a half kilometre road circuit, traffic free, the majority of which is, is floodlit as well. We also have on site a um, six and a half kilometres of mountain bike trail. So these, these are geared up for all different levels, really. So we, similar to with the um skiing where you have a blue red and black run depending on 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 levels and how hard they'll be so there's something to challenge everybody really so that's six and a half kilometers of the mountain bike trails we also have a bmx um track which is um we we host um national level as well as introductory classes locally to local school kids who who may be trying the sport for the first time which is fantastic 
Recently, we also have the ability to de develop the um, lot of the land that we have around. So we we have cyclocross. So for the winter months, we we have a cyclocross course on site, and we've also hosted here national cyclocross, regional cyclocross events, as well as the public just being able to turn up and and to be able to use these at any any stage during the winter. Um, on top of that, we we've got a skate park, which is which is really popular, and a children's play area. Um, which is a traditional park and we do, we charge an admission fee to come in, but this is, this is a park which is slightly different. We have something called Cycloland, which is, which is very magical, especially if you're, if you're under seven years old. It's, it's an area which has um, many roads, roundabouts, traffic lights. We've even incorporated a small Dartford bridge um, on site, which is, which is very popular. And there's no, there's no tolls either for, for that. Um, Next to it is a resource uh, building. So, so the idea being is that we, we, we can teach cycling to small children on, on balanced bikes. And we can also develop road safety as well and, and start to, to, to get kids at an early, an early stage about thinking about cycling as the, the, the long term. So uh, we're really excited. This opened up just prior to um, going into the, to the lockdown back in March. So we're, we're you know, really keen to kind of really get this working with local schools when the opportunity arises. Fabulous. And I think on the, is it right that on the Cycle Park Facebook page, you can see our video of your opening ceremony of Cycleland? Yeah, yeah. yeah if you, if you, there's, there's lots of clips on there from, yeah. from Cycle Park to, to drone footage of, of, of some really fantastic events that we've had here. Um, right through to some of the some of the kids on the scooters and BMXs on the skate park, um, as well as the opening the opening of Cycleland. Even the landing page is as a uh, a kind of a thirty seconds clip, kind of highlighting all the different things we do down here. So you know, I recommend anybody just just cyclepark.com, have a look at that landing page and kind of explore and look at some of the video clips because um, there's so much to offer for for every age, every ability. Yeah, I had a I had a look at the 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 website before before we started this, Simon, and and just to remind myself what was on there. So definitely have a look at it. That video is fantastic. Just got like there is so much going on at uh, at Cycle yep. Park. So yeah, you mentioned lockdown there, Simon, um, and I can you know, I mentioned before the interview to listeners that you know I, I am I am the chair of the trustees at Cycle Park, so obviously we know each other quite well yeah. and I, I I remember the phone call that we had um where you said you know we're gonna we're gonna have to shut down and yeah that was a pretty miserable day wasn't it but um but the the, the since then what's it been like how, how have you managed to cope with the the ups and downs of it all well some, something we're particularly proud about is the fact that we, we we set a day very early on in um early April probably where we where we set a date of the 25th of May um, quite ambitious at the time, and, uh, and, I, and I remember it kind of raised a, raised a few eyebrows um, to actually open up in some capacity, um, and, and we did. We, we opened up on the 25th of May um, because ma the majority of our facilities is outdoors. We wanted to be able to um, operate uh, open in a controlled way, just for members only, so we could, we knew who was coming through. At busier times, we have the ability to be able to uh, book people in advance, so it's all safe. Obviously, we had all the signage. Um, there. So we opened up initially for, for members to be able to use the track and mountain bike trails. And we, we've remained open since in, in some form. We, we then moved on to, to running fitness classes out in the open air during the summer months. 
Uh, the first one at half six. So we had people turning up in the sunshine at 6.30 in the morning doing hit, hit classes. Um, that went down really well. Um, and, and that continued through the summer months. We then were able to open back up to the public and the, the appetite was huge. So we, we started to bring back coaching for all the different cycling disciplines. So the kids were getting back on the bikes and it was it was really good to see. So there was one particular night in the in the summer where we we had the guys, and this, this was all done in a really safe, controlled way, as you imagine with all the risk assessments, but we had BMXing going on. There was a we had um yoga outside in the in the warm, the warm sunshine. The, the, the kids were back in the skate park and then we had cycle um, coaching on and race training on the, on the main track. So we had all these different activities going on just as the sun was kind of setting with, with quite legendary sunsets down here at Cycle Park kind of in the background. And one of those moments where, you know, it, everything felt good. It felt as if we were, you know, everything had moved, moved on and, it was, and, and this, this is how it was now going to be. Um, unfortunately, it didn't, didn't quite, quite pan out like that for um and like a lot of businesses we we then had to to adapt quite quickly so uh we bought marquees in with the ability to open the sides up flooring heating so we could still continue classes for members right through until um the latest lockdown in january really um so that's where we we we're kind of at at the moment and we've, we've moved back to the 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 same place we're in in may where members are able to access the facility for, for cycling, the play park's open. Um, and it's so important. We, we customers and members on the, on the way in and the way out, you know, re- thank us regularly for the, the ability to be able to have that, that one day blast a day at the moment where they can come and get some fresh air on the bikes or whether it's with the kids. It's so important. Um, so we're also allowing members to bring, so if you're paying a membership, you can also bring a member of the family or your support bubble and use our higher bikes. So it's a fantastic offer and we want the park to be used, but we want to be able to do this in a, con- a controlled way. We also have classes on Zoom. So we have 45 classes online and we've created a, um, online community as well for members so they can share experiences, talk about the classes, give us feedback. Because we, we want to know that people do feel safe and all the feedback we've got does say that, you know, very clearly. Um, and they also, the, the community, that, that community also talks about rides they've been on. So maybe they've, they've gone out for, on the bikes for the first time in a long time and kind of shared what they, you know, the interesting ways to, to, to go and view locally, exploring the local countryside. So um, those things are really important. And, and it's kind of creating that tribal and membership and belonging, which has kind of really helped us through this and we've, we've got a fantastic loyal loyal customer base down here at cycle park yeah fab, fabulous i think it's just i mean I, I know we all need to do what we need to do to keep safe and keep each other safe but it's all you know with the with the virus but it's also really important to be able to allow people to go to great places and to exercise and to get fresh air it's just you know it's so important for physical and mental health to to be able to do that and it's fantastic to see that you've you've been able to keep open and keep for members to enable them to to do that but I, lo- I love I love that image that you just described there of the, the beautiful sunsets at Cyclo Park and and um because the, the 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 layout of Cyclo Park is is that um it's kind of from west to east it goes uphill doesn't it so the where the the pavilion is is, yeah, yeah. is kind of look, is looking west downhill and you can see over 
towards London um, and uh, Dartford Crossing and so on. Uh, and but the, you know, it's it, there's kind of huge empty sky, isn't it? So when you get these fantastic yeah, yeah. sunsets and um, it's like these huge big red whole sky sunsets that you get there, it's um. It's amazing, isn't it? And um, so, yeah, in, no, in normal times, if if we're ever going to go back to such a thing, who, who knows what what it's going to be like? But um, but yeah, in in normal times, Sam, what what do you do to encourage people to get on their bikes and to cycle in particular? I know cycling park does a lot of different stuff, but you know, particularly on cycling, what what are the sort of activities that you that you put on to encourage more people to get cycling? Sure, absolutely. So we we want to encourage um, cyclists from from. A really young age which is why we developed the cycle land concept so th- this is children so we, we, we we're not interested in the um stabilizers that's something we could be frown upon here i think we ran a campaign once where we were we kind of ditched them in a bin we ran a little had a bit of fun with that and we encouraged the, the parents to get the kids on the on the balance bikes we yeah. have balance bikes here they can use um we we have a learn to ride uh scheme where so you know we're, we're, the numbers we've had through we've had hundreds of children who we've uh, taken from not being able to to ride to riding, and they, these are not small children. Some of them are, you know, they're getting into 12, 13 years old, and they've, they've for whatever reason they've not had the opportunity to you know to pick up this really important life skill, especially when you take into consideration the you know the environmental impact and and how things in the future with the development of cycle pathways, etc., and how people move around, it's going to be so important more so than ever. So um, there's a there's a big focus on on children, but also adults. Um, especially during the lockdown, we've had lots of adults who have approached us who have got bikes out of the shed for the first time or, or just managed, luckily they managed to be able to source a bike, which is, which is incredibly difficult just now. And, they've, um, and they're lacking confidence, really. So we've, we've run on a, um, back in the summer when we, when we were started to reopen, we, we introduced uh, cycle confidence sessions. So we had cycle confidence sessions for adults who would come down and, and, and use our traffic free and then the opportunity to speak to coaches as well and pick up some tips and 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 just kind of and that that stepping stone if you like to kind of start to introduce cycling to everyday life for them so that that's been something which has been um really important on the on the other side of the the, the scale we also are very fortunate to have some fantastic facilities here um such to the level where we have had you know national regional events and we even had a round of the Women's Ovo Tour, which was unbelievable to see. So one, one day you've got the top women riders in the world, the team coaches on site, cameras down here filming, you know, and then the next day you've got, you've got kids on balance bikes with the parents kind of using the same facility. So we, those type of events are really important for, to, to put cycle, cycle Park on the map, but also to kind of inspire the next generation as well. So these things kind of work hand in hand, and it's how how we use the the BMX nationals and the the national cyclocross type events to 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 really publicise what we do um, and and create a legacy and and kind of inspire inspire others as well. Very really important. Yeah, and you, you you've you've also got um, there's a there's a lot of older cyclists there thinking of like Gallinac Master Cycling um, community. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. you know you have. Uh, you have quite a few groups there, don't you? Um, of uh, older cyclists, we meet up there and and use the facilities, and and it's just a you know a great and and safe way for 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 people to to keep on their bikes and exercise. But you also have your 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 disability bikes as well, and and 
um, you know, group, groups of, uh, of of disabled folks coming along, um, and it's wonderful to see that, isn't it? Wonderful to see how everyone, you know, all of humanity can can uh, can get that pleasure out of um, out of cycling. Absolutely, it's one of those activities which you can do, um, uh, you know, as a family, all different levels. Um, it's really important. And when we, uh, the, the disability is one of our charitable objectives. So it's, it's, this is about barriers, essentially, which are stopping people from being able to take part in cycling. So we have adaptive bikes. We have a series of volunteers who will come down and work with groups. And all the way through the pandemic, we have been working with the local PCT health authority um, because some of these more vulnerable groups, it, it, you know, it was a real big deal for them to, for this one day a week to be able to come out and exercise and, and use one of the one of one of the adaptive bikes that we've got. So this was for you know uh, people with physical disabilities, um, mental disabilities. These people maybe have had accidents as well. So this is this is the and also people. And this is one thing which I touched on briefly as well was was the confidence as well. So it was you know the, the confidence is a barrier to stopping people cycling. So our, our charitable objectives is about breaking down those barriers and allowing people to to cycle and enjoy it, and giving giving them the that that ability. Um, and yeah, and you say we we have lots of uh, social as well. It's difficult at the moment because we're you know we're we're trying to encourage people to to exercise, not socialise is the, is, is the key message. But certainly in normal times, we we have lots of uh, retired members of the community, people who may be working at home, who will meet meet as a group and do a, to a, you know a couple of hours on the track, and then we'll have a coffee. And you know these are really important for for people to. To meet up, these uh, quite a niche uh, um, group of, of older ladies as well who come down who, who use the facility and are fantastic. They they volunteered in uh, when back in the summer when we were looking for people to help tidy the play park up, um, and, and and that's social and it's about meeting and it's and it you know isolation and the mental health. There's so many different factors about um, all all positives. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So what what you you mentioned the Oval Women's Tour there, which is the 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 women's equivalent of the Tour of Britain, and I you know I remember that day well, where we had basically the the elite of the of the women's professional cycling world uh, there, and that was a, that was just an amazing day. Is that is that your your kind of big highlight of working at Cycle Park, or is there something else that you? That you would pick out as your your most treasured yeah. moment so far. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, it's uh, any of the any of those events we do. Um, there's a lot of hard work, as you can imagine, behind the scenes going to setting something like that up. The women's oboe tour. It's it's the, it's the infrastructure and the and the various partners you need to work to, to to make these happen. But once that work's been put in, it's the actual the day and the event itself. You can then kind of relax because. Um, the, the run of the event is taken care of by someone else and, and the, the, the staff really enjoy it. You know, the, the staff are all putting their hands up to be, to be involved in that type of event. Um, and, and afterwards, you know, it creates a buzz, you know, you, you, and it's, it was incredible to see to see that event. Um, I think I think that, the OVO as well, I think it, was, it rained all week apart from the, the three hours of racing. And I think the, 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 it started to rain, I think, almost immediately after it finished. And cycle park looked fantastic on the on the on, you know watching that back on the television afterwards, um, yeah. It's, it, 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 and the the weeks afterwards, you know, we, we were selling out in terms of people coming to visit. So it's it's the impact that it had for that. Um, but it's also fantastic to see as well when you when you launch something like Cycleland and you you know you bring the schools in and you and you see them, you see the smiles on the kids' faces and uh, equal measures really. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's a great. 
Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing better actually, just as you say that, than little kids getting on their bikes and the fun that they have. I mean, just one my one of one of my neighbours here, he's got a I think three or four year old son and um maybe a little bit older than that. And he's he's just he's just gone from balance bike to cycling and you see him out on the road out there, you know, and it's just the the thrill of it. <laughs> For these kids and yeah, I, yeah, right. But at Cycle Park, when you've got a group of them all doing it, it's just amazing, isn't it? Um, so, what what about the future, at Simon? What 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 does the future hold? With you know, we're re- re- insiders. We know that um, Cycle Parks, you know, sadly, unlike a lot of businesses who are who are not going to survive, but thankfully, we're in a good, strong position to get through the pandemic and and come out of it. So, what what does the future hold for us? I mean, Cycle Park is, is you know, Cycle Park is a, is a one-off. Uh, it's very unique. So when it when it first opened, it's it's been on a journey itself, really, in terms of what what it is, what it wants to do, how it how it's going to develop, and and um and that's important because things change all the time. And um, when I first started, which I'm just coming up to to four years now, there was there was a kind of uh, I came in kind of business development and from a marketing angle and. It was the local community and kind of further afield. It was it was seen as a facility which is for kind of elite elite riders and events. Um, so we've done a lot of work developing the the fitness. So we we've got eight currently got eight hundred members who um, can use the fitness studio, use the bike trails as part of that membership. Um, we also have um, children coming through, so that we have a, a really uh, compact. A children's holiday program which involves cycling coaching but also education as well so we kind of linked i think these two factors together and then and then the play concepts of the park and, and children learn to play and develop um so those are kind of key areas and, we, and like a lot of businesses we, we need to focus on what can bring you know we're a charity and, and all the income we generate is plowed back in to to, to really develop our charitable objectives um so it's important to get the balance right between um bringing people in we have we, we're developing a, a kind of family day out concept so families can come down and there's lots of different things that families can do um you, you know enjoy the cafe afterwards um what also then happens is that gives us the ability to be able to put on uh, some of the some of the racing and the more elite and we've, we've got ambitions to to, to look at one, one thing we're looking at at the moment is the potential possibly to run a UCI cyclocross World Cup at some point in the future or, or, or of that level. Certainly the, the Women's Ovo Tour gave us the uh, the, the experience and uh, it, was, it was really, you know, it was, it was really good to kind of d- develop and move on and let the next step. So, it's, so I suppose the, the, the future of Cycle Park is, is, is the balance between generating these these fantastic elite events but at the same time what we can do for the local community and, and beyond and give them that family day out experience yeah fantastic i think the 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 future is is really exciting for cycle park and it, it, it feels like we've just had to hit the pause button for a year with that uh, with with covid um but um but as but as soon as we hit the play button there's going to be some great stuff happening so th- thank you so much simon really appreciate you giving your time for this interview and um yeah enjoy the rest of your day thank you very much you're welcome well foggy what did you make of that fantastic um quite jealous really um there's there's nothing really like that in new zealand there's a few places places that are you know, sort of um, trying to 
to do the best in terms of little parks for kids and stuff. And they are getting better at it, but there's nothing at that extent. And I guess our population is not big enough, but I mean, we have a different a different uh, um, attitude, I suppose, towards the trail building in terms of the, the, the many kilometres of trails we have. So there's a different aspect there. And I think that, w- that there was an opportunity to build something similar to that in the in the red zone in Christchurch, um, where all the houses were removed. But I think... Um, what was the red zone for you? What? Uh, the, the, well, basically the red zone is when the major earthquake um, happened a few years back in in um, in Christchurch. There was an area which they designated red zone, which meant all of that. that it was not inhabitable, so they were going to take all the houses away. So, they, I mean, there's a lot of wooden houses, and, but a lot of... Uh, some brick houses as well and they just took them all away they were all trashed so what was left was a, a road network over a, what used to be a housing estate basically or a few housing estates um a roading network with no houses so little, little green spaces where the gardens were with trees in and stuff like that if you can imagine that but just no houses so you know a fantastic opportunity to put a crit circuit in or you know some kind of uh, cycling park but they've struggled a little bit with it because of all the um the regulations and you know all that kind of stuff you've got to go through with councils and things and because it is a red zone you know uh, it's a little bit more sensitive so maybe one day maybe one day but all all in place yeah yeah it's it it took a lot of energy from a few people to get it going there's yeah yeah. uh, yeah, there's there's there, there were there were two or three of them um, guys are still around um, and in fact we've got a plaque actually we've got a plaque up in Cycle Park which has got a list of names of people that helped to get it going um, and you know, there's two or three of them um, Tony, a guy called Tony Mack um, another guy called David Brazier in particular um, became their passion <laughs> and you know they're, they're almost like their life's work to, to get it going I think you need that with it you need, you need people yeah, who yeah. are just so determined to make it happen because I think you get a lot of these planning hurdles, and and you know, it's, no one's being difficult. It's just the way things are in terms of these kind of yeah. facilities like that. It's just uh, yeah. uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of barriers to, to get it to get it uh, done. But yeah, fantastic that we've that that we've that we've got it now. And and I, and I think that from from my perspective as being the the the, the chair of the trustees there, it's when I when I go up there. I, it's just wonderful to see the the range of people that are cycling because you know, we can yeah. have we can have a, a we can have a, a group of um, of people with uh, with with you know, quite severe disabilities there and just the sheer joy that they get out of going on the on the bikes uh, and you know you know around the circuit and we've got you see kids learning to cycle we've got um, you know we've got a um, cyclocross set up there now and you know there's kids practice adults as well practicing that so it's just fantastic you just see all this lots of people out cycling doing all sorts of different sorts of cycling having 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 great fun um but i think i have to say i think the highlight was when we had the um as simon mentioned there um when we had the women's tour stage tour of britain there and we had you know pretty much all of the top female cyclists in the world and it was just such a brilliant spectacle awesome. and yeah. cycle park at its as best the sun was the sun was even shining <laughs> it was a lovely day <laughs> and um yeah and to see somebody like marianne voss was you know she's she's you know she's trying to get back up there near the top now but probably the greatest certainly the greatest woman professional cyclist ever 
um, I think you'd probably say winning there is just a you know monumentally fantastic. No, that's fun. That, that sounds awesome. I mean, that, that, that for yeah. me is um, what legacy pro- projects should be about. You know, when the Olympics put these projects out there, and then some of them never come to fruition, and certainly happens in some countries. But that's 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 perfect in terms of what the what a legacy project should be. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So you so you've got a bit of history in creating um, cycling facilities. Um, from your from your past, haven't you? Tell it. Tell us what what, what you did yeah. when, back in the I thought back you were about day. to say I've got a history of making a mess. Um, so never say that, Foggy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Way back uh, around about two thousand and three, um, uh, one of the things I was doing at the time was training police officers to ride mountain bikes in an urban setting. So it was urban mountain biking, and it was a professional role that they had, um, and it kind of infused me into creating a business and. Uh, long story short, but I, I, I sat in a room with my wife one one night, and we came up with a with a name for for the business. And we then I just did well. I did an awful lot of um, footwork going around knocking on doors to see if we could get some interest. And at the time, back in two thousand and three, there was a lot of interest in terms of trying to get kids out of the city areas. So bear in mind, I was um, at that time I was uh, I was working in Liverpool, um, and we lived on the Wirral Peninsula. The, around that area, there's an awful lot of disaffected kids, an awful lot of programs for disaffected kids, and um, a lot of money going in from from government agencies and lottery and stuff like that to to try and help these kids out. And there wasn't an awful lot of um, uh, education stuff around cycling. The British Cycling were doing a little bit with Go Ride in the schools. Um, so my project sort of started off um, basically um, I bought six bikes. I think there were GTs, uh, entry-level mountain bikes. Well, you know, borrowed some money off my dad, bought some bikes, and then started going around delivering training programs in schools, and it just grew. And then we realised that it wasn't the, it wasn't just the schools. There were these projects around the inner city where, you know, kids had never they'd never seen um, countryside. You know, never they'd never been out of their little housing estates and stuff. So, yeah, a few projects later, and it grew a bit more and. I bought a van and a trailer and got some more bikes and kept going, uh, delivering more programs in various places. And eventually, I, a chance meeting with um, Forestry Commission uh, officer at, um, actually, it was at a, a reclaimed um, uh, landfill site in Bidston in, uh, near Birkenhead. And the, the housing estates around there are really poor, low socioeconomic, um, you know, pretty crime-full places. And they were, they were the landfill site that they were reclaiming as a park. So um, they, I, I, I can't remember how I got there, but I ended up there talking to these people about how we could use the park for cycling. And a very astute um, forestry commission guy heard what I had to say and said, right, we need to talk. So within literally a few months, I had a base then in, in Delamere Forest, which was in the northwest of England. Um, because they, they they wanted someone to actually operate a bike hire business. I was really nervous about it. I'd never done anything like this before. I, um, I bought a 40-foot container, um, got it delivered to the forest to be, uh, you know, as this, to, to, to start the setup of the, of the bike hire place. I remember painting it by hand to make it forest green. And I remember as I was standing on the roof painting it, I, uh, a person came along and said, Hello, can we hire a bike, please? And I was so nervous <laughs> about hiring my first bike out. I thought, 
might never see this again. So out goes the first bike and that was it. We, um, we ended up with a two-part business. One was hiring bikes out of this little container and the other one was actually educating kids. And then we were able to marry the two together where we'd bring the kids away from the city areas out into the forest at Delamere and, 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 and give them a, an awesome time there. Um, bought the second container, which was the office, um, which was a 20-footer that was already you know, built as an office. Uh, Forestry Commission put in um, uh, a bike wash at that time for us. And I was actually only paying 50 quid, 50 pounds a year in rent because they wanted they wanted the thing to fly. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we, we were doing really well. We, I could have I could have left my full-time job at that point because the business was doing fantastic. I mean, within three years we were well, within two years we were making we were making money. And in three years we were doing exceptionally well. Um and then we decided to emigrate. So I I uh, I sold the business to um the guy that was working for me at the time, Tony, um, and you know he he took the business on. He you know bought me out of it and kept the name, um, changed it slightly, tweaked it a little bit, and all these years later, so I I sold it to him. So sort of the end of two thousand six, two thousand early two thousand seven, and we're now two twenty one now. So fourteen years later, he's still running the business. It's grown and it's changed, and there's a new shop and they've got a retail. Um, uh, business there now and 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 it but what i'm really proud of is the name is still there hmm. you know it still operates today and he's gone through you know the usual stuff that everyone has over there he's gone through the the recessions he's gone through the covid stuff and he's kept going he's managed to keep it going which is really cool so i yeah, love seeing that yeah yeah that's brilliant that's that's fantastic and you know kind of come a little bit later we're seeing a bit cycle park you know you've got to you've got to have people that are passionate and determined to get these things off the ground and yeah. uh because it's a huge amount of effort and energy to do it and oh, uh, you know it's yeah. a bit of a you know different different scale but the kind of principles are the same uh the, the same and yeah the more of these the more of these the better the more opportunities that we can create on you know whether it's larger scale like cycle park or um, you know, or more, you know, kind of more local, yeah. and just started like you you did, which is basically just of your own your own back and just go as you say, going around knocking doors. The more that the more that we can have of that, the better. Oh, I, I loved it. I mean, it was uh, every spare hour I had on on my days off from work um, in the evenings, in the summertime, you know, weekends when I wasn't working shifts and stuff, and got the family involved and and, and, I, and I operated operated it as much as I could. I mean, it would if I'd have left full-time employment then i could have obviously grown it a lot more but you know but we, we emigrated so things move on but i absolutely loved it it was just a, one of the best times of my life definitely yeah brilliant brilliant so well as we all know you're in new zealand now you emigrated to, to new zealand and and you've managed to keep the the cycling interest going that's an oh, understatement yeah. isn't it <laughs> so you've got so you've got a few things on the go just now haven't you so yeah. to, what, what's the what's the big thing for you just now uh, a couple of top secret pro projects now i i've actually so i've been working for the national sports body in cycling for the last nine plus years and with all covid um issues of that job's come to an end with the funding and stuff like that so i've learned a lot gained a lot from it and it's been fantastic to be in that world working alongside community organizations but also working alongside the high performance organizations as well and i, I i'm determined to stay in the cycle education world i mean it's not going to leave me ever because there's just too much of a passion about it and i've got a couple of projects that i've i've started to grow 
Um, they're both linked together. One is about, um, I see a desperate need for education on our trail network. And um, the, the desperate need is basically the, it's a demographic that are using um, conventional bikes and the growth in e-bikes um, that are coming back to cycling that are um, maybe starting cycling for the first time, which is absolutely awesome to see. But there's a definite need for education in terms of skills training and how to operate a bike on some of these trails. Um, there's a there's a big safety issue there because a lot of our trails start to go from front country into back country um, and even the front country ones can be almost uh, beyond rescue um, from a road you know you're talking about helicopters or boats to get people out so there's there's a need there and what i'm also trying to um to build uh alongside the education piece and training more people up to be out there is a is a patrol network so i've done i've actually done some work with with New Zealand police where they've got a formal e-bike patrol trial happening. Um, I see a need as well for other professional agencies that use bikes to, to, you know, have some patrol training, but also I see this, uh, um, a need for community cycle patrols, very similar to what they did up in, um, uh, Scotland with the, uh, the seven stains project when they tweed, tweed Valley bike patrol up there. Yeah. Um, which I know a little bit about. So that's the other project, which I'm just trying to get some funding for to trial it. There's a lot of interest in it. And the people I've spoken to have, have been incredibly um, uh, supportive verbally, but I've just not got to the point yet where I've got the funding to, to trial it. I'll get there. I mean, I'll just keep pushing until I get there. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, that means we, we can train some people up to be out there who are riding the trails anyway. And, you know, they can do a bit of trailside repairs. They can do some first aid. They can report things back to the authorities when they need to, all that kind of thing. So that's cool. Yeah, that's that. That sounds fantastic. And yeah, persistence pays off. That would be my yeah my advice. I'm persistent, mate. Keep, yeah, I yeah, am I'm persistent. Sure you are. I'm sure you are. <laughs> Grind them down. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. We although sometimes persistence persistence doesn't pay off. Just reminds me of Cycle Park. We had this long saga about trying to get a sign um off the um a2 so they the kind of a2 right. m2 yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. like multiple lane motorway um and um so yeah we thought we, we should have a sign that kind of directing people off the you know off this motorway dual carriageway um to cycle park so right next to it um and trying out the 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 rules around signs at the sides of roads, you wouldn't believe that. No, no, I, I, I can't believe it. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, we kept thinking that we were almost there and and then the energy just, like, yeah, dissipated. So we still don't have that sign. Before I end my term as chair, I'm determined that that's going to be my lasting legacy is to have that sign off the, off the yeah. motorway. I better get, better get started there. Um, uh, started I, I hear your pain. <laughs> there's the little um, cycle park the kids cycle park next to the national velodrome in cambridge in new zealand is um they put some traffic lights in on the little the little tiny kids road network and because these little tiny half half size traffic lights were visible to the their state highway uh, the new zealand transport agency wouldn't allow it to happen so they wouldn't they were never allowed to turn these lights on because they, apparently they would confuse drivers that were on the state highway Hmm. anyway regulations 
Yeah, regulations, regulations. That's yeah, always always getting in, in the way. But I suppose in, you know, it's a big difference between New Zealand and the UK. I mean, in, in the UK, um, although we've got a, you know a big population, it's it's a cramped country. That's you know, mm. you I mean, you wouldn't feel that. I suppose if you were up in the Highlands of Scotland, but certainly down here, um, through much of England, it's pretty it's pretty cramped. So. Big cycling facilities like Cyclopark are really, or even even smaller ones are really important. It's oh, maybe definitely. less so in New Zealand because you've got all that space and and you've got the trails that people can just go out on. Yeah, I, I think I mean that is the big difference. Um, yeah. So so we don't need to necessarily. I mean the cities certainly. I mean if you look at Auckland, that's quite a, a cramped city yeah. because of the way it's been built across the narrowest part of of the islands. But you're talking, and there's one and a half million that live there, which is not massive compared to some cities, but it's still quite tight. But the other places, there's always space. I mean, if you, where I live in central Otago, there, there will eventually be, once they're all connected, 500 kilometers of, of connected and integrated trail. So you don't need to ever go on the road. Um, it's a different vibe. You know, it's, it's, it is just totally different. And, and those, those trails will connect with parks, with the bike parks. Um, uh, etc and then they're, they're, they're trying to make a national network which will come through the country eventually but you're dead right there's a lot more space which we're really lucky bearing in mind we have i think we've got about five million people as as a, a regular population here with about another million overseas that are trying to get back whereas i think the uk's got 68 million or mm. something and it's the same land mass you know it's the same yeah. size in terms of land so there's got to be a difference there somewhere isn't there yeah, it's the population of Scotland, isn't it? Yeah, pretty Across, much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's yeah. pretty pretty similar to it. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, lots of scope for some of these big trail races and trail rides. I mean, the um, what's the what's the word? They're trying to remember some of them in in the US, the dirty dirty Kansas, isn't it? Where they've got these oh, like okay, two hundred yeah, yeah. yeah. two hundred mile trail races. Something that you could start yeah. to to be doing in your network there, isn't it? Well, definitely, and I think I think. You know, once once the world has recovered from the disasters we're having at the moment with COVID and everything, we start to open the borders again. I just really strongly encourage people, you know, you know, save your pennies up and come and have a have a holiday here. And if you're a cyclist, it's it's an awesome place to be. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, there are, obviously there's lots of places around the world that are awesome for cycling, but I, you know, I'm a big fan. Yeah, well, on this, on this, you know, with Galanak Master Cycling and the podcast, we're we're seeing a lot of that, aren't we? In, in yeah, some definitely. spectacular places in South Africa, the, U, the US. Um, yeah, we had heard way back uh, quite a few episodes ago, we heard about cycling around the Rocky Mountains in Colorado, which is just uh, from Russ Cole, one of our members, yeah. which was which was amazing. And we've got we've got you know closer to home for me. Um, up in Scotland, we've got a couple of guys there on the in the Facebook group that yeah. go out for these amazing amazing rides. Um, amazing long rides and take lots of just spectacular photos as well. And you've done oh. you've done your bit with that as well. And and yeah, around Switzerland, we've got John, um, John and in Switzerland yeah. as well. So yes, yeah, so yeah, this is this is my grand plan um, for a post-COVID world yeah. tour. World tour, yeah. fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I need to check the bank account to see for how feasible <laughs> that is, but. Um, but yeah, lots of brilliant places around the world. That's one of the things that we're, we're we're going to do as well as encourage people to get on their bikes and and give support to that is to really highlight some great places that we can all think about going sometime Absolutely. in the future. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
brilliant okay thanks foggy what what are you got any, any cycling plans over the next few days yeah i have on my way um this weekend running a coaching course for i think i've got 13 uh bmx coaches in christchurch that uh, i'm training up so that's uh two well it's friday evening and then all day saturday sunday so i'm delivering that i brought a bike up with me so i'll hopefully get out a little bit and then next week um my wife and I are going to take a little bit of time out and go and do um, some riding over towards Fiordland, which is uh, Tiano Way. Um, there's a, there's a, actually, I'll try and um, uh, highlight this if I can on the Gallinat, but there's a, there's a hand-built trail out uh, in a place called Welcome Rock, um, which is just a, a, about an hour down from Queenstown. And a guy called Tom O'Brien built it, and he, he built 27 kilometres by hand. Um, uh, unbelievable feat in you know to to do that sort of distance by hand but we're going to ride that and then we'll go over and ride one of the uh, uh, trails that connects a couple of lakes over at Tiana. so some exciting stuff next week i think brilliant brilliant yeah. well i'm i'm just going to do the whatever that's the opposite of the rain dance <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah. try and get yeah. out try and get out when the when just the get out and yeah i know yeah skin's I'm, I'm being soft. It's, it's you know it's it's mainly it's not so much going out in the bad weather. It's the thought of punctures. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I yeah. I get you know I I get cold easily. So when yeah. I stop on a winter's ride, I get cold really quickly. And I you know and I you know I sometimes rides are easier. It's not then I'm you know I'm not so damp through sweat whatever. But if I've been doing a bit of training, then you know, you've been sweating a bit, so your kit's, you know, even if it's not been raining, your kit's still damp. Yeah. And, um, you know, then you try and, you're in the middle of nowhere trying to fix a puncture. I mean, I've had that hands. before. Yeah. Haven't, haven't we all had yeah. that? You know, you, you get, you fix the puncture. You, yeah, it's been a real struggle to get the tyre back on the, you know, and, and yeah. you, you pump it up, get it back on, you know, thank goodness for that. A couple of minutes down the road, you know. But, you know, another puncture because it was, you know, a little bit of flint or whatever that you didn't pick out there, you know. So, yeah. And then you're down to your last inner tube. And then the last half hour of the ride, you're thinking, please don't have another puncture. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm not, that's, I'm I'm putting people off here. Don't worry about that. It's great. Don't worry about it. Just go out, just go out and do it. it. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 completely. Okay. Great, Foggy. Great to speak to you. Yeah, lovely to speak again. All right. And um, bye, everyone. Bye.